How would you like a 15% discount to my daily email, the stack of stuff, the show notes, discounts to the conference, all of that? All you need to do is text the word SHOW to 33777. You'll get the annual subscription with a 15% discount to my daily email. You'll get the stack of stuff, the links to the show notes, discounts to the conference, and so much more. All you have to do is text the word SHOW, S-H-O-W, to 33777. Text SHOW to 33777. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Greetings, America. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here. Happy to be with you. Delighted. It's also almost the weekend. And y'all, I need it this week. It's, it's been, uh, my wife is, she was on the mend and, and just, yeah, it's it's COVID. She's, she's doing better, but she's still worn out. Um, and it just, it, it tires the rest of us out as well. Um, I'm ready. I'm ready for the week. I'm ready to sleep in tomorrow. And it's like, I mean, after being gone for a week and a half, you come back and at least it was only four days this week. I still haven't been able to go. I was going to go to the golf course on Tuesday until somebody asked me to work an extra show. (laughs) I'm going to hit golf balls this weekend. The phone number, if you would like to be on the show today, it is an open line Friday, 877-973-7425. You, of course, get to help set the agenda of the show today, but I want to talk to you about this story. Protesters calling for a ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war on Wednesday shut down the California Assembly on the first floor session of the new year. You know, California, unlike a lot of states, has a permanent legislature. It meets all the time. Uh, Here in Georgia, where I am, they can meet up to 40 days. In Texas, they meet a limited number of days every other year, not even every year. In California, they're meeting all the time. Hundreds of demonstrators from Jewish anti-war organizations packed the rotunda and the assembly gallery and began chanting, singing, and unveiling banners around 1.30 p.m. just as lawmakers reconvened in Sacramento after a months-long recess. The assembly was conducting routine business, the usual fair of opening day, and recessed before adjourning for the day. Isn't this an insurrection? They stormed the building. They intended to shut down the operations of the government. They did all of the things that happened except smashing down the doors. Is this not an insurrection? They, They stopped the business of the government. I was told, I'm old enough to remember, when if you storm the legislative building and stop the business of the legislature, that's an insurrection. Why is this not an insurrection? That, why is it not? And this is the problem here. Joe Biden is going to Valley Forge to give a speech. It'll happen actually this afternoon after this show is off the air. Of course he will wait until I'm off the air to do it. Joe Biden will give a speech calling Donald Trump a threat to democracy and reminding people that democracy is on the ballot. Uh, Democracy is at stake in this election, and people need to vote for him to preserve democracy. Except it's his side of the aisle that stormed into the legislature in California and shut it down. 
that seems to me to be a threat to our democracy. Is that not a threat to our democracy? Is that is that not a threat? Or is it just when it's it's Trump supporters who do it? Because they stormed the state capitol in Texas a number of years ago to stop a pro-life vote from happening. And they didn't call that an insurrection. The Democrats cheered that on. The media cheered that on. The media puffed up uh, abortion Barbie in Texas there. Wendy Davis made her some sort of cult-like hero in her pink shoes, did a Vanity Fair profile on what a hero she was collaborating with the insurrectionists in Texas who shut down the legislature. In Wisconsin, they literally did storm that building, broke down the door to get in to shut down the legislature when it was trying to take votes on um, uh, right-to-work laws. Nancy Pelosi cheered that on. Nancy Pelosi supported it. Nancy Pelosi thought that was a great thing. Looks like an insurrection to me. Or what about Brett Kavanaugh? What about the, the Brett Kavanaugh thing? They, they stormed the U.S. Senate. They tried to shut down votes on Brett Kavanaugh. Looked like an insurrection, except it was Democrats doing it. And therein lies the rub. When Democrats shut down the work of a legislature, it's called civil disobedience. And it's to be supported. They're exercising their constitutional rights. When Republicans do the same thing, it's called an insurrection, and they must be disqualified for running for office. So Joe Biden intends to talk to us about that. Joe Biden would have us believe that Donald Trump is a true threat to democracy, that MAGA Republicans— are a threat to democracy. And we must be shut down, silenced, censored any Republican. Because, you know, if you're a Republican and you might even consider supporting Donald Trump, you're an insurrectionist these days. And this is how Biden wants to launch his campaign. It's actually kind of remarkable to me that we're going to go through this again. Joe Biden and the Democrats have turned January 6th almost into a holiday of sorts. A a memorial service is now held every year. He gives a, a highfalutin speech about democracy being an integral, integral, necessary. We've got to defend it. You got uh, Hamas demonstrators shut down the state legislative business of California and Democrats don't want to comment on that. You have Democratic protesters, they'll storm Congress and try to shut down Congress, and they don't want to talk about that. You have Democratic protesters shut down the legislatures of Texas, Tennessee, Wisconsin, and and none of that is a threat to democracy. That is all the people standing up, rising up, speaking. It's a good thing. It's to be celebrated. But when Trump supporters do it in Washington, it's an insurrection. You can't really continue down this road, and here's why. They're removing Republicans, particularly Donald Trump, from the ballot in states over the insurrection clause. It's only a matter of time before Republicans start doing that as well. Here in Georgia, there's something called the, uh, it's, it's going to be the Atlanta Police Training Facility. 
the progressives call it Cop City. It's a police training facility that is being built, and Antifa activists around the country have shown up. They've tried to kill police officers. They firebombed the business offices of the construction facility. They've uh, booby-trapped the land on which the facility will be built. They've tried to firebomb fire departments. They've thrown Molotov cocktails. They've shot at police. They've harassed people. They've showed up at churches where construction workers who are working on the facility are known to worship and disrupted those church services. If any of those people run for office, they should be precluded from office. They they should be denied under the 14th Amendment the right. Hey, we're going to hold everybody to the same standard, right? No, no, that's the problem here is that the Democrats never want to hold their side to the same standard. It's like the Claudine Gay situation. In the Claudine Gay situation, Democrats openly said they should not, would not, could not take the arguments against her seriously because they came from conservatives. Because of who leveled the accusation, it didn't matter how truthful the accusation was, it was without merit because of who made it. We see that in these other situations too, this this rank hypocrisy from not just the Democrats, but the media, and I do separate the two for this reason. One has a 24-7 news streaming platform. The other are participants in it. The media itself, which is so on the side of the Democrats, has this double standard. Uh, Business Insider news publication is going after Bill Ackman's wife. Bill Ackman's wife has a Ph.D., Bill Ackman's wife wrote a a multi-hundred-page doctoral thesis, and in four paragraphs, she included citations but forgot to put the the quotation marks. So she actually added quotes from sources in these four paragraphs, and at the end of the paragraph, cited the sources she was quoting, but she didn't actually put the quotes. They ambushed her, Business Insider ambushed her with it said, how do you think about this plagiarism? What do you do? And and she put up a piece. She says, I'm real sorry. These are four paragraphs of this thesis. I did at the end of each each paragraph cite the source, but I did regret to include the quotation marks. It was my fault. I will go back and include those quotation marks and make sure this this doesn't happen. I'm so sorry. Claudine Gay tried to suppress the story. Claudine Gay accused her critics of racism, and she, unlike Bill Ackman's wife, is in charge, was, (laughs) she's no longer there, was in charge of an institution where they expelled people for plagiarism. And unlike Bill Ackman's wife, she didn't put citations in at all. There were no citations. She just copied the work. At least with Bill Ackman's wife, you understood that in that paragraph, she was citing somebody's work, and she put what work she was citing. It's remarkable. They didn't care, Business Insider. They didn't care about Claudine Gay. They dismissed the whole thing. They, it wasn't really a story for them. But now that she's gone, they targeted one of her critics, Bill Ackman. They targeted his wife. And they said, well, she's kind of famous. We'll target her now. Donald Trump called the media the enemy of the people. Ever since... The American media has been working very hard to earn that title. They have turned a blind eye to Democrats disrupting legislative assemblies while insisting that if you don't use the word insurrection, 
to describe January 6th. And by the way, it was an insurrection. It is the first time a group of regnecks got together to start a war without guns in the history of this republic. Clearly not an insurrection. But if you say that to Democrats, they will yell at you that you're a denier. No, no, I think it was bad. I think it shouldn't have happened. I, I'm okay with the people going to jail who were uh, breaking down the doors and breaking in, but it wasn't an insurrection. Some of them wanted to be wanted it to be an insurrection. Donald Trump himself has not been charged with the crime of an insurrection. But if it was an insurrection, then what happened in the California General Assembly yesterday was also an insurrection. They stormed the building so that the legislature was unable to convene, meet, and do business. If January 6th was an insurrection, what happened in the Texas legislature several years ago when they tried to pass pro-life legislation, that was an insurrection. If January 6th was an insurrection, what happened in the Wisconsin legislature several years ago was an insurrection. But the media and the Democrats have a completely different standard for when Democrats shut down legislatures versus Republicans. And Joe Biden will address the nation this evening, oblivious to, uh, ignoring completely that double standard, trying to make the case that Republicans are the worst thing ever because they don't support democracy when you've got pro-Palestinian Democratic protesters shutting down general assemblies around the country and doing bomb threats to state legislatures, evacuating state capitals because they're not getting their way on Hamas and Israel. The hypocritical double standard of the Democrats on this sort of stuff is going to undermine the Democrats' very message. It's one reason you're not getting a lot of coverage on what happened in California, because it's really hard to see that and think, hey, how is this insurrection? So the major media outlets of America won't even cover it because Joe Biden wants to make a case that insurrections are bad and you can't trust the people who voted who support them. Well, if you're a Democrat and you support Hamas and you're supporting the insurrection in California— turns everything on its head, so they might as well memory hold it and make you believe it never actually happened. Yesterday, Hamas supporters stormed the state capital of California and shut it down as it was convening. They could do no business, just like what happened on January 6th. The media won't talk about it because otherwise they would have to describe it as an insurrection, so they'll move on. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com amazing to start your springtime adventure. Hello, America. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Remember, my book, you'll be able to pre-order it shortly. Text the word ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. And when the pre-order link is available, I will send it back to you. ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. The book is called You Will Be As Gods. It's a survey of how a progressive secularism has become itself a religion. Now, I want to take Judy's phone call. Judy, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Eric. My first time. Thank you for calling. My question is, whatever happened to the children uh, on the island of Hawaii that had the fire? And who's buying all the property? How's that all turning out? 
You know, as a matter of fact, I saw, hang on a second. Let me, um, 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 um uh, yep, yep, yep. Here we go. I, I found the story. It's funny, it's funny you should ask this. I, I, I saw this the other day. Um, CBS had the story. So this is the, the, what, the Lahaina fire in the summer. Yes. Um, absolutely devastated. At least 100 people killed, 2,000 buildings destroyed. So here's what's going on. Um, they're struggling now to decide how to rebuild the area and to restructure water rights in the area. Um, They're still struggling to clean it up. The biggest issue, however, that they're having is uh, the tourism industry is coming roaring back. And they're not really ready to handle the number of tourists. And so you have a lot of developers now coming in trying to pay top dollar to buy up the land from the people who live there. And there's a lot of squabbling on the island. Uh, and, of course, there's still so many displaced people. Uh, 6,000 fire evacuees who still are without housing. It's a terrible it's situation. Um, and and they're, 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 they really are. They're, they're still trying to grapple with it. They, they don't know yet. Uh, we're six months removed from the fire, and, and they still just haven't been able to figure out. And, of course, um, cost of housing have gone up. Inflation has gone up. And so a lot of people are afraid they're not going to be able to rebuild the livelihood that they had before. It, it's. I'm glad you brought it up, uh, Judy. Thank you for that because I, I saw the story the other day, and then it just kind of fell out of the stack of stuff. Um, this is from the CBS News report. Some Native Hawaiians fear they're being pushed out of their homeland because of the rising cost of housing after the fires. Tensions are peaking over the lack of long-term affordable housing for wildfire evacuees, many of whom work in tourism. Dozens have been camping out in protest around the clock on the popular tourist beach there. Um, and it, they, they've got a lot of people who have Airbnbs who aren't letting the, the locals stay. They want the tourists to stay. It's just it's a sad situation all around there. Now, I got to tell you, uh, there's a story I got to talk about when we come back. It related to Swiss America. There's a big story in the Financial Times about regional banks in this country becoming more and more unstable because so many are propping up, uh, propped up with commercial real estate loans, and they're not getting paid back. And there is a worry that these banks could begin to collapse. And I'm sure they will get bailouts from the federal government, but what about you and your cash? Swiss America wants to help educate you on how to protect your assets. You can read the report, The Secret War on Cash. Your copy's free. You call or text 800-289-2646. The all-out war on cash includes digital forms of currency. It's spreading daily. You can get the report, The Secret War on Cash. All you do, call or text my name, Eric Erickson, full name, Eric Erickson. You can text it to 800-289-2646. They'll text you back and get you the report. 800-289-2646 or SwissAmerica.com slash Eric, SwissAmerica.com slash E-R-I-C-K. Message and data rates may apply. It is funny listening to the news cover the jobs report today, how they're going to great pains to downplay the fact that people are dropping back out of the labor market and um, outside of government, healthcare, and hospitality, there is really no growth in the jobs market out there. But, oh, my gosh, the, the number is just so good because Joe Biden is president. It, it, it just is remarkable how much the media will circle the wagons to try to protect the Democrats on economic news that they would never so charitably protect Republicans on. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. Uh, let's go to the phones. Charles, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show. 
Yeah, thanks, Eric. <clears throat> I appreciate you getting me on. Sure. I just wanted to uh, uh, maybe give you a word of caution about drawing false equivalencies uh, between what happened in California and the insurrection trying to prevent the peaceful transfer of power that happened on January 6th at our nation's capital. They're very different and a whole different scale. I'm not saying either one was right, but, but to try to say that one's like the other, not at all. I think uh, false equivalencies are something you have to be very careful with. Well, is it, though? Because the Democrats, Joe Biden, in his speech last September, told us that shutting down the operations of the legislature was an insurrection. That's what Joe Biden said. That's what they did in California. Well, I think there might have been a uh, illegal activities in California. I don't know all the details, but it's just not the same scale as trying to stop the peaceful transfer of power at our nation's capital uh, for the leaders of our country. That's a whole different scale. Uh, you should, if you want to really be informed, read the new book, uh, American Shield, that just came out by a decorated um, a veteran that served as a, a police officer at the Capitol. And that will really inform you to what happened and why it's very different. Well, okay, Charles, I'll give away the game here a little bit for you. Um, I am being somewhat flippant, but the reason I am is this. I do think that what happened on January 6th was very bad, and they were not doing what they should have done, and they handled it badly. My problem, however, Charles, and this gets to the point of what the president's speech is about, is that the president, the Democratic Party, and members of the media have told us repeatedly, including the president's speech back in September, that it is insurrectionary to stop the lawful, legitimate processes of the legislature from meeting. That's what the president said. That's what the media says. It wasn't about stopping the peaceful transition of power. It was about storming the building to stop the legislature. That's what they did in California. And so if the Democrats are going to say what happened in Washington is an insurrection then they need to say the same thing in California, Texas, and Wisconsin. I agree with you that what happened in Washington was something different and was bad. I don't think it was an insurrection, actually. Uh, I think it was bad. It was the first time we've ever had some sort of insurrection activity like this in the country where the group of rednecks showed up without guns. I mean, you're talking about the most Second Amendment-friendly people in America, and they showed up without guns, and we're going to say that was an insurrection? No, 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 no. If you want to see one, they'll come back with you. We don't want to, though. But the point is the double standard. Yes, it was bad what happened in Washington, D.C. Shouldn't have happened. But neither should they be shutting down the state capitol in California. Neither should they be shutting down the state capitol in Wisconsin. Neither should they be shutting down the state capitol in, in Tennessee. Neither should they be shutting down the state capitol in Texas, trying to stop the business of the legislature. And if we're going to say stopping the business of the legislature is an insurrection when you storm into the building to shut it down, then they all are. Words do mean things. Charles, you're absolutely right. Words mean things. There are people who stormed the Capitol in Washington, D.C., who just wandered in because they saw a crowd go in and they thought they could. Back when I was a kid, you could just walk into the U.S. Capitol. Many of the senior citizens who went in, I assume that's what they wanted to do. Some of them, the FBI dismissed charges. Some of them were never charged. 
a lot of people are going to jail, and they should go to jail. But so should the people in Wisconsin, Tennessee, Texas, and California. But the Democrats always give them a pass. They always give their own side a pass. And if you're always willing to give your own side a pass on that sort of behavior, don't be surprised when the other side starts giving their side a pass. The Democrats don't want to condemn Claudine Gay for her plagiarism because she's on their side. Don't be surprised when people on the right start giving their side a pass. If you want to understand the the embrace of Donald Trump by people, you get Democrats looking, how could you Christians support him? Look at how he lives his life. Well, how can you support these people? If it's good for you, it's good for us. There should be a clear moral standard, but we're in morally relativistic times, and we're not going to allow the left standards to guide us because they have no standards other than what suits their interest in acquiring power. The phone number, 877-973-7425. Dorsey, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the program. Who did you say? Uh, yeah, I'm talking to you. How are you? Well, I'm great. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, basically, my best credential is I roomed across the hall from your dad at Mississippi College in the 1960s. Holy cow, well. Really? Yep. But anyway, I went on to get a theology degree and then to Emory for a Ph.D. in social and intellectual history. Started teaching at Emory and then moved to Georgia Perimeter College in Georgia State. And over 30 years, I taught some 10,000 students trying to teach them America was an exceptional country and that our system was the best available. And uh, I watched as the country began to follow that long, slow march through the institutions predicted by Herbert Marcuse who uh, basically what happened was the anti-war protesters of the 1960s against Vietnam stayed in graduate school, got their PhDs, became tenured professors, hired other tenured professors who shared their anti-American ideology, and they have swept through first the universities, then the journalism schools, then the media, then Hollywood. And, you know, it's all based on postmodernism where they throw out science and say science is based on feelings. And therefore, my science is different than your science. My feelings are different than yours. And of course, in the course of all this, they corrupted uh, education with what would be considered cultural Marxism. But they substituted the economic factor because there was always an open window for people to rise, and the public never bought into the economic Marxism. But they chose instead psychological things, which AKA means oppression. And therefore, they could divide people into oppressed and oppressors. And identity politics was able to divide people and try to get the oppressed on our side to vote for our candidates. Well, the good news is I think the public began to wake up and push back. And what, what excited me was, a, gosh, it must have been a thousand-word long-form uh, X, a.k.a. Uh, Twitter, post by Bill Ackman. Yes, uh, I saw that. Two days ago that, ex- that explains his his disillusion with DEI and said it's nothing but divisive. It's really cultural Marxism, and we've got to take it away. And, of course, being a Ph.D., having a 503-page dissertation, I was very conscientious about plagiarism. And, uh, you know, we shouldn't tolerate any plagiarism, even if she's president of Harvard. But basically, the fact that uh, I'd like to think there's more pushback, and you're an important part of that. And I listen to you every day, and I appreciate your your in, insights, I agree with you on most things. Uh, I, I wish you'd keep it up, but I would recommend people look for Bill Ackman's long-form thing. He not only shows that DEI is totally a corruption on education and human uh, uh, Well, okay, uh, first of all, 
I, I gotta say, thank you for listening. And it's it's always neat to to encounter someone who was in college with my dad who is is listening. Uh, I well, actually, no, I take that back. My mom has texted that he's gone to get his haircut, so he he's not listening to us right now. But I'll be sure to give him the replay. <laughs> but also, thanks. That's so well said. Uh, I wish there were more of you on college campuses out there. Well, I retired in '99, but I continued teaching online for UTA for their freshman courses for another 10 years. But in our, over our history, I was part of the Council for National Policy for 10, 15 years, uh, part of the National Public Congressional Committee during the Reagan and, and first Bush years, and now on the board of the Movie Guide, which is a Christian Film and Television Commission trying to have an impact on Hollywood. So we're fighting on the same causes, and I appreciate your leadership there. Well, look, it's it's delightful to talk to you. Thank you so much. Happy New Year to you. Um, my goodness, I... I appreciate it. that's that's fantastic. Um, thank you so much for calling. And, and you know, to his point, I believe if you get the show notes, we put Bill Ackman's tweet in there. Uh, so for those of you who you're unfamiliar with, Bill Ackman is essentially the the billionaire hedge fund private equity guy who led the fight against Claudette Gay at Harvard. He is an alumnus. He's given millions of dollars to Harvard, and as he notes. He's always kind of been up with DEI. It sounds good until he went to Harvard and saw the outcome with his own eyes and realized what was going on was not actually diversity, equity, and inclusion. It sounds great. Like Mark Cuban, the billionaire um, guy from Texas, says, oh, we, we my business loves to have diverse people, and we include people from all walks of life, and, and we we give them equity in the company, and, and we, we treat everybody equally. I'm like, dude, this is like, say, a concentration camp is where you go to learn how to think and study in, in, in quiet meditation. That's DEI, the label has nothing to do with DEI is implemented. And essentially, Bill Ackman in, in his piece says the same thing, that I thought diversity, equity, and inclusion meant these things, and seeing it in practice, it means none of those things. It's actually deeply divisive and unequitable and 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 it, it, not inclusive but exclusive. It's remarkable um, to see someone, see it with their own eyes, and realize just how bad it is. And it, i got to say, it was very, very funny to read this Mark Cuban tweet this is threat is essentially lecturing Elon Musk on why DEI is a good thing. And I'm like, dude, you have no idea what you are talking about. I don't mind diversity and inclusion. I have a problem with the word equity, the way, the way it is, is formed. Like for example, the way the left means equity, they mean the outcome must be equal for everyone. And, and Mark Cuban doesn't recognize that's what they mean. Um, I don't have a problem with diversity. I don't have a problem with including people from all walks of life. And if that's what it meant, that's fine. But that's not what it means. What it means in practice is that if you are white, male, Christian, heterosexual, you've got to shut up because you're an oppressor and you're a bad person. DEI in practice means the embrace of postmodern moral relativism from a Marxist construct where the entire world must be seen through the balances of power. And that to change the power structures, you must censor others who are viewed as oppressors because power comes from words and we must change the words. And there's an intellectual underpinning there because it's an intellectual mockery, if you will, 
of the Judeo-Christian constructs of Western civilization because in the beginning was what? The Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was power. Now, the Word, the Logos, means Jesus Christ. But for the left, the Word means the actual literal Word from the dictionary. And so that Word has power, and if you change the definition of the Word, you change the Word, therefore you change the power structure. It is a mockery of modernism, a mockery of Judeo-Christian Western values uh, in Marxist postmodernism, and it's deeply destructive because you do get into these these Marxist Orwellian word games where they change the word and the definition of the word, and that's how they believe they get power. And then they censor and silence the truth tellers who are telling the truth because they can't get power as long as brave souls still stand up and speak. That's what DEI is all about these days. Speaking, this is a perfect segue because my bank is now an advertiser, Old Glory Bank, and Old Glory Bank came actually as DEI infiltrated so many financial institutions in this country, turned them woke. They started funding left-wing causes. They started censoring and, and debanking. You've heard the phrase debanking, turning off the accounts of conservative activists, conservative nonprofits, gun manufacturers, gun resellers. Old Glory Bank has stepped in to fill the void. They are a conservative institution. They are a financial institution, and they are a regular bank. Y'all, they they actually are my bank. I've got a bank. I've got a bank, a checking and a savings account with Old Glory Bank. They're a great bank too. Their online banking, as good as any other bank out there, they are fantastic and they're good people. And you're not going to get debanked because they find out you're a conservative or conservative business. All you got to do is go to OldGloryBank.com. You can get an account less than eight minutes online. I did my bank account online with them. I've never been to the bank branch. My money's direct deposited. I can move money around. I can pay my bills from them. I can move money into other accounts. It's, y'all, it's it's a real bank, and it is a great bank, and they're great people. And if you're getting an account for your kid, you want a savings account for your kid, they've got great rates. they got compelling rates. If you want a bank account, you want to move to them from your bank, oh, my gosh, they make it easy. OldGloryBank.com. You're not going to find a better bank. OldGloryBank.com. They are literally my bank, and I am so delighted to have them as our newest advertiser. Okay, this is actually really, really funny. Uh, so three people, Peter Boghazian, Helen Bluckrose, and James Lindsay, who goes by Conceptual James on social media, they submitted ludicrous research papers to highly esteemed journals in DEI-related fields to expose the activist racket, seven of their absurd papers were published, most in top-tier journals, which is actually really, really hilarious. Um, they, they've got uh, they've got a, a big report coming out on that. Now, um, let me explain this to you. What the left has done to combat challenging ideas is they've d- determined to make a credentials argument. You have to have credentials in order to talk about something. So, for example, you and I both know that uh, biologically boys um, have boy parts, girls have girl parts, boys have XY chromosome, girls have XX chromosomes. But if you bring this up, they say, well, what are your credentials 
Are you actually a biologist? And if you're not, well, you're not allowed to talk about it. Never mind. You acquired the knowledge in school. You're not allowed to talk about it because you're not an expert. And their expertise comes not just from the letters after their name, but also from the publications they publish in. And essentially what is happening now is you've got this game where the wokes have these journals. They publish in the journals, and it gives them greater credential authority and weight behind their names to make their absurd arguments. And so these uh, three anti-woke activists, they're, they're not all like, for example, James Lindsay, he's not a conservative, he's just anti-woke. Um, they wanted to expose the absurdity of the scam, and so they published using woke language that fits the DEI rubric. They published nonsensical research papers that were embraced by seven major research publications, um, thereby exposing just what a scam this whole thing is. That's hilarious and well done, by the way.